Hey, so uh, welcome to Basic. I'm super excited to be here. This is literally one of the favorite things that I get to do. Not the teaching part, but the actual preparation part. I love that because I feel like what happens in that is I learn way more than probably what, what you might learn here tonight. The Lord just, just speaks so much to me when I, when I get to prep. So if you ever get a chance to teach, it's scary. I can't even see any of you right now because of the lights. So it's fine. It's like I'm just by myself, right? So uh, I'm a big picture thinker, long-term kind of planner, strategic mind. That's kind of where I am. I ask my wife, I'll say, hey, what if we do this thing and then in like five years we could do this other thing? And she's like, Derek, what are we doing for dinner? I don't even know what we're doing for dinner. You can't ask me about what's going to happen in five years because I don't know what we're doing in one hour. And so we, we kind of... Uh, tend to do that, kind of that tension of like, hey, let's think about this thing, this deep thing. And she's like, Derek, the kid needs his butt wiped. Go get that done first. So uh, that's kind of how I am. And so I'm going to ask you tonight to kind of click over into your long-term brain, the part of you that maybe picked a specific major because you think in five or 10 or 15 or 20 years, you are going to do something. Or uh, some of you, are, are really looking for a spouse. Some of you love to travel. Some of you just are maybe in a season where you just need to feel a little safer than you do right now. But think about the things kind of long-term tonight. Push the details aside, forget about the money that it costs, and just think, what do you want the most? Okay, that's the thing I want you to think about tonight as we talk about what it means to begin with prayer. What do you want more than anything else? So there was a guy, his name was Steve Jobs, and he was the founder of Apple. Uh, and I was curious, what did Steve want? And so I looked online and found Apple's original mission statement. It says this, to make a contribution to the world by making tools for the mind that advance humankind. And what struck me about this is there's no mention of technology in the mission statement. Like there's a ton of you that have an Apple product in your, in your pocket right now, right? Like Apple is everywhere, but, but the actual technology was not what Steve had in mind. He wanted to make tools to advance humankind. And we could probably make a pretty good argument that they've They've given a valiant effort at that, right? But it didn't just happen. Steve was actually kind of an odd guy. He was really tough to work for. Um, and, and he did a lot of things to make that mission come to pass. And so thinking about what you want, wh where you see yourself in 5 or 10 or 15 years, is what you are doing now going to line up to get you there? Are your current habits, the things that you spend your time doing, are those in alignment with where you're trying to go? Uh, according to a recent study, college students spend 8.7 hours per day sleeping, which maybe we're on week two, so maybe it's more like 10 hours right now. I, I don't know. 3.3 um, hours per day on educational activities, which means none of you are doing your homework. You're maybe going to class or you're doing your homework because in 3.3 hours, I don't think you're doing both. Caught you. 
uh, 2.4 hours per day working, 1.4 hours per day traveling, and get this, 0.8 hours per day grooming. And all the guys are like, what? <laughs> I haven't showered in three days. What are we talking about here? So what's really interesting to, to me here, though, is that the average college student spends 4.1 hours per day on leisure. I don't know what leisure is. I'm guessing two of those four hours is spent in the social media black hole that you can never get to the end of it, of it right? I think that sometimes we can be distracted from the things that we actually want to do, the people that we actually want to become. It's, we can be distracted from that. The average person sees between four and 10,000 advertisements per day. It's easy to be distracted when you see something and think, man, I, I, am not, I am not who I could be, but if I had that thing, boy, I think I would be that person. It's easy to get distracted from what we really want. So there was a guy, his name was Aristotle, and he was a Greek philosopher, and he said this, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but a habit. Uh-oh. <laughs> what are your habits? Are they pushing you towards excellence in the thing that you desire most? Or are you kind of like me, and sometimes you find yourself just being distracted and kind of going after the next shiny thing. Uh, there was a saying, at least when I was growing up, that I remember hearing that, is, that, that says that you are the average of your five best friends. That if you take your five best friends and kind of take those qualities and, and then put them all next to each other, that you are pretty close to that person. And I remember my mom saying things like, Derek, if you eat one more bowl of cereal, you're going to turn into a bowl of cereal. Like, did you remember, did any of your parents say that kind of thing? Obviously, it's not true. But figuratively speaking, the things that we do, the habits that we have, are who we become. It just makes sense that that is the case. So we are what we repeatedly do. So uh, who are your best friends? What are your top five Habits are your best friends, um, you know, social media and coffee and McDonald's and Call of Duty? Is that in alignment with where you want to go? Probably not. So God created you to be a certain way. And we're all different, which is awesome. It'd be boring if we were all the same. And if you want to be the best version of you, the one that maximizes your potential, and is successful in whatever that thing is that you would like to do or like to be, then you ought to have friends and habits that are in alignment with that. If you are the sum of your habits and the average of your five best friends, some of us need some new habits and some new friends. And if God created you to be a certain way and to have certain desires and want to accomplish certain things, and if God knows what those certain desires and things are, what if he became one of your five best friends and spending time with him became one of your five top habits? There is no better strategy than to make your creator one of your five best friends. If you believe in Jesus, this is not an arguable point. 
This is a fact. There's no getting around this. Tell me if you've ever heard this story before. Act one. My life was hard. I met Jesus. It got better. I'm already on act three. Sorry. Act one. (laughs) Act two. I forgot that Jesus was my best friend and things got really hard. Again, oh, that's right. Jesus, that's the person I'm supposed to be in in communication with. And then things tend to get better. This this sounds kind of, okay, whatever, Derek. But seriously... If you ask my wife over the last 10 years or so that we've been married, she can tell you when I have a relationship with Jesus and when I do not have a relationship with Jesus because I am at my best self, the person that I am desiring to be, the thing that I am pushing and striving after, I am at my best self when I am spending regular time with Jesus. And she doesn't even have to ask me. She'll just say, you're not doing this right now, are you? You're not, you're not, you're not um, in communication with with Jesus right now, are you? No, I'm not, and that's why I'm kind of this, or I'm that, or I'm struggling in this way or that way. I'm not saying you won't struggle, but spending time with the person who made you and is helping you to become the person that he has made you to be, which is probably the thing that you want to be, because after all, he gave you the desires that you have, you should probably spend time with him. It just makes sense. So beginning with prayer is not just a way to serve people. It's not just how we start our life groups or it's not how we we start basic. It is literally everything. It's the one thing that promotes progress in every area of our lives. And we figure out who we were made to be by hanging out with the one who made us. Non-negotiable. If you are a Jesus follower, to do anything else and expect better results doesn't make any sense. It's insane. Now, this whole little rant that I've just been on is kind of my logical brain working through, like, is prayer really necessary? Is, like, spending time with Jesus actually a thing that I should, that I should put on my priority list And in my brain, what Jesus kind of taught me through this was he re-reminded me like, yep, you need to be here, buddy. Oh, sorry, that was poppy. (laughs) Um, So here's the short version of my last 12 years, okay? Uh, 13, actually, 13 years. Uh, When I was 19, I transferred to UNI as a sophomore. Um, And I started uh, in math education. I was a math teacher for eight years after graduation. Uh, and I went to basic, same, same place, Lang Hall right here. And I remember sitting down after basic one night with Jeff Mickey, who's now a pastor at Orchard Hill Church, one of our partner churches. And I, and I was talking to him and I was like, Jeff, I don't really know what I want to do. I don't know if I want to do this math teaching thing. It's, it's okay, but it's, I don't know that, I'm really, that I really want to do it. And, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but what was clear to me was I, I fell in the camp of people that cared a lot about what I did for a career. Like, I wanted my work to be super kind of missional and, and impact the things that I cared about. And so that, that was really the only direction I had at that point, was I wanted my work to be something that I really, really deeply had a lot of fulfillment and, and passion around. So uh, I got married at the end of college, and uh, three years, 
three or four-ish years after I got married, we had uh, adopted three kids in our home. So that kind of became, started to become this thing that I was really passionate about. And I remember saying to my wife, uh, I remember saying to her after we adopted our first two kids, we, had, we adopted them at the same time, and I remember saying to her, oh man, I, I really wish... I really wish that I would have known that I would have loved the idea of adoption so much. I, I wish I could work in that field. I wish that I could um, just not work and adopt more kids and just take care of them. Like that was just like something I was, yeah, that doesn't pay the rent, right? But that was something that I desired. I wanted and it didn't, there was no clear path. I didn't have the right degree, the right experience. And so I just kind of sat on it, and it was just like this thing that I desired, and I prayed about it, and, and it seemed silly almost to pray about it because I just didn't feel like there was anything going, no momentum at all. Uh, so then a couple of years ago, I got a really interesting opportunity. I got an opportunity to start an organization called Cedar Valley Angels, which partners with families who do foster care, and kids who are in foster care. And right around that same time is when we became foster parents ourselves. And this was not a desire I had in the beginning, but God is a way of doing something when you spend time with him such that you don't even know what he's doing, but then all of a sudden this thing that he has for you is also the thing that you desire. It's the coolest thing. When I was 19, if you just said, Derek, you're going to be an adoptive and foster parent, I'd have been like, nope, not true. <laughs> Not true. But he has a way of doing that when you spend time with him. And I can't imagine honest truth. I cannot imagine anything that, that could be better than what I am doing right now. I love getting to do what I do, work with foster and adoptive parents. So it's, is it, it is impossible. It is impossible to spend time with Jesus and not become a better version of that person or that thing that you are striving for. All of us want fulfillment in something. All of us want to, to just be joy-filled, overfilled. And I'm telling you, the best thing you can do is pray. The best thing you can do is be with the person who knows, even more than you do, the things that you desire. Okay, so what does Jesus say about prayer? I'm going to ask you to open to Luke 11, which is about 75% of the way through your Bible. It's the third book of the New Testament. Luke 11, we're going to start in verse 1. Uh, if you can't see your Bible, you have my permission. You get a one mulligan, one free pass to use your phone tonight instead of us. Well, you can use your phone every night, but use your phone as ambient light or... Um, try and catch the light of the moon, I don't know. So Luke 11, that's where we are. I'll give you a couple more seconds to get there, and we'll jump in. So Luke 11 says this, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins and forgive us or forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. 
So I love this first chunk of, 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 of Luke 11 because uh, if you read like anywhere else where Jesus is asked a question, he like starts telling a random story about a, like a guy and a rock and a donkey or just like something crazy. Like, and you're like, what? That is not the answer to the question. But he actually answers our question here. There actually is no story about a guy and a rock and a donkey, but it seems random, I guess is my point. Um, so he answers the question, and, here's, and here is what I felt like the Lord just kind of pulled out of this for me. In the first part of how he's telling us to pray, he's talking about, um, Lord, may your kingdom come and may your will be done. So the word your there, he's, he is praying, but he was really praying to God about God. He's saying, God, these things that you desire, may they happen. So your, so God is kind of this first piece. And then there's this word us. Okay, he says, give us each day the food we need. Give or forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's this God and then we're, we're praying for us. Us here, the people that we know. Okay, so your and then us. Okay, keep moving. Verse five. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom and says, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I cannot help you. But I tell you this, though he will not do it for friendship's sake... If you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Not a very good friend, huh? So what I see here, we could say is a continuation of the us idea, but it's really about me. If this, if this is me in this situation, I'm not really caring that much that I don't have food for the guy that's come over to my house. It's more like, I don't have food for the guy that's come over to my house. I'm going to be so embarrassed if I don't have this food. So this is kind of a little bit more about me than it is about the person coming to my house. So we have, keep, keep track here, we're, we're, we talk to God about the things that he is and desires. There's an us portion, and then there's kind of a me thing. What do you desire? What is that thing that we talked about in the beginning that you are striving for, that you are chasing after? You should ask God for those things. In fact, here, it even says you can be annoying about it. Like, keep doing it. What does it say? Shameless persistence? Shameless persistence. It's okay. He actually is asking us to do that. Okay, verse 9. Last little chunk here. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and, if you, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Your fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So this is really kind of a habit. Like, we need to be asking God for the things that we desire. He's telling us in like a lot of verses here to do that. It's a habit. We're supposed to be persistent about it. So we have this, we, we pray to God about the things that we 
that God desires. We pray for us. We pray for me, and we be persistent about it. Okay, so God, us, me, persistence, G-U-M-P, Gump, hashtag Forrest Gump, hashtag life is like a box of chocolates, okay? Uh, when I was a teacher, I just did dumb stuff all the time, and I still do dumb stuff because people remember the dumb stuff more than they remember the insightful stuff, so that's kind of dumb and silly. You can use it, but hopefully it, uh, it will stick for tonight at least. Yeah, hashtag Gump. Let's make it a thing. Can we start making it a thing on social media? Never mind. So how do we pray? This is kind of how we pray. God actually tells us to be annoying about it. And here's, what I th- and, he- and here's part of the reason I think why. For me, this is, this is not like I didn't read this out of some theological textbook. I think that when we spend time with God, he changes the things that we want anyway. I know that's true in my life. When I was 19 and wanting to know what I was supposed to do with my life, it was not to start an organization for kids in foster care. It was not to be a foster and adopted parent. But now I can imagine nothing else. And it's only a result of God doing what he does best and working in, in my heart over the last 10 or 12 years. So spend time with him. It, 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 will, it will change you in ways that you cannot even imagine. At this moment in time, uh, with the organization Cedar Valley Angels that I, that I work for, um, we have 14 volunteer groups that walk alongside 14 foster families. And in those foster families, there are a total of 61 kids that we walk alongside of and pour truth and love into their little broken hearts and minds every month. We, we have people there saying, I love you. I believe in you. I want to spend time with you. And you know what? We've done this in, in the last 11 months. We haven't even been ro- running this program for a year yet. So in a way, what's really neat as I was reflecting here is in a way, the program that I get to work for has adopted 61 kids in the last 11 months. And so what just like hit me in the face was that in in Ephesians 3, it talks about how God will take what you think you want and he will blow it out of the water. He will do immeasurably more than you can even ask for or understand that is even possible. For me to get to, to help lead this organization is better than anything I could have ever dreamed of. In less than a year, we have 61 kids that are, that, are, that are better off because they have people pouring truth and love into their little hearts and minds. And it's incredible. And it was nothing that I did. I was not, I was not um, equipped in my mind to do it. In fact, this is not part of the thing, sorry. Uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I coached a student from, from basic. Her name is Taylor. And Taylor has now since graduated, and I was, it was right at the beginning of where, when I thought maybe I would launch this organization. I was like, Taylor, I don't know. I'm kind of scared about this. She was like coaching me, I think. And she was like, isn't that, ha- isn't that um, the story of like half the, the, half the stories in the Bible? Like somebody didn't think they could do it, and God said, yeah, but you're willing, and then he does it through them. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you are right. It was great, like blew my mind. I was sitting in sidecar, like white as a sheet, like whole, I mean, I'm white as a sheet anyway, but <laughs> it's, it's incredible. I promise you, spend time with God in prayer. It changes you in ways you cannot even imagine. 
So for some of us, prayer is really intimidating. And even for me, sometimes it's intimidating. I don't want to come to God. I don't feel like I've done the things I'm supposed to do and he's going to be mad at me. That's the thing I kind of struggle with. And for maybe for you, it's like praying in groups of people just makes me really uncomfortable. Or maybe just praying the idea of it all is just spooky and hokey and weird. I don't know. That's okay. Maybe just start by rereading this prayer in Luke 11 and just meditating on those words. Maybe get in the car and when you're driving from campus to High V, instead of listening to Taylor Swift's new album, just actually turn the radio off and just talk. Just talk. You'll be amazed what happens, what comes out when you do that. Like I said, I'm the analytical one in my home, and my wife is not the analytical one. Um, she, she, does not, she, she doesn't do that. She, it wears her out to do that. So sometimes we will have a conversation, and I have uh, thought of all the things and all the angles, and I come into it, and, and she'll just start talking, and, and she'll just be dropping these bombs of truth and wisdom that I'm like, how did you? I didn't even think of that. that is, and she'll be like, yeah, I didn't even, I was just figuring it out as I said it. And I'll be like, well, I feel like an idiot now. <laughs> sometimes, some of you are wired that way, like, God will work through you as you're literally speaking and you will learn things about yourself you didn't even realize. Some of you just need to start talking. Don't call it prayer. Just call it talking. So as the band makes their way up, we're going to do a little transition here. I want you to remember that beginning with prayer isn't just a Bible study strategy. It is a way of life that results in the greatest fulfillment that you could ever even imagine and beyond. I think God enjoys taking what we think we want and shaping it into something that is beyond anything that we could ever dream is possible. Wherever you are, prayer is possible for you. Maybe it's just sitting and listening. Maybe it's rereading that Luke 11 passage. Or maybe it is just asking God, hey, I need you to help me with this thing and doing kind of the traditional prayer. So before we go into reflective time, would you pray with me? God, thank you for the just nice, cool air out here tonight, the nature, the ability to be outside in your creation and just get to get to hear from you that you love us and you actually want for each and every one of us the things that are just beyond our wildest imaginations, that you want us so satisfied in the things that we get to do that I just, I just love that. I just love that you want us to be happy, that we can ask you for anything that we want and we get to actually be annoying about it. God, help us tonight to take a step forward in our prayer lives. Help us to commit to, to hanging out with you on a regular basis because to do anything else and expect better results doesn't work. Thank you for your son. Thank you for saving us. Amen. So what we're going to do here is a couple of minutes of reflective time. And I think that this is a great opportunity in the middle of 300 or so people to pray. And maybe for you, that is just to sit and listen 
and ask God, what do you have for me? Maybe it's looking at that Luke 11 passage. Just read it three or four times. Whatever it is, take a minute and ask God to help you take that step.